Today on the ZabeCast, the most glorious, amazing, pinch-me-it-can't-be-real moment for Caps fans everywhere. My ode to Ovi and the Caps, who for once did not cap. Drew McGarry of GQ and Deadspin joins me to talk NFL owners, anthem, and safety rules, and why you may need longer grill tongs this weekend. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! with a big hit in the neutral zone forces a turnover and you wonder how plays develop here comes Wilson he takes Kunitz out now Washington's on to the transition Wilson to Kuznetsov over to Ovechkin and this thing goes short side elevation on Andre Vasilevsky basketball players have their area hockey players have their area especially when you can shoot like Ovechkin that's his area he wastes no time and it's hammer time for him And with that, the route was on. Wow. Welcome aboard, everybody. Thursday, May 24th, 2018. And the Capitals dominate 4-0 to close out the Tampa Bay Lightning after it was darkest. Just before the dawn, a 7-0 run over Game 6 and Game 7 to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in 20 years. And instead of 20 years ago getting a legacy team with legacy talent like the Red Wings, the Capitals will be getting a band of misfits and cast-offs who have become a league darling, and they'll do it in a city that never sleeps, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm not underestimating Vegas, by the way. They're, when I say misfits and cast-offs, I don't mean that like they can't play hockey. They're great. They're going through everyone in the playoffs like shit through a tin horn. 12-2 and two in the postseason, and Vegas is favored in the finals. Minus 160, more on that in just a second. But, oh, yeah, we are, as I like to say, westbound and down. Yee-hoo! Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? I told you, just like Burt Reynolds as the bandit, you got to relax, man. We're going to figure out a way. We'll jump a creek. We'll drive through a bunch of mailboxes, jump some cars. We will escape, and we will figure out a way to get it done. God, does it feel good. What I like is that uh, the best thing about all of this was that I woke up this morning, and my first thought was, oh, yeah, that happened last night. That is so great. That happened. The Capitals won. There's more hockey to be played. It was all real, and it's all forever. That OV opening howitzer was something else. It just pierced the armor, basically, of Vasilevsky. It was not necessarily... it was not, for, for 99% of the league, or for 99% of the shooters in the league or skaters in the league, that shot is a nothing burger. Yeah, it's a one-timer. But it's coming from very deep uh, on the left boards, above the circles. There was no screen in play, and it's not like Ovi picked a corner on it. I mean, he almost hit Vasilevsky in the chest. But because Ovechkin is that lethal, because his shot is so heavy 
and so quick off the trigger that it just snuck underneath the arm of Vasilevsky, kind of through his jersey. It just, it was pure Ovi. It was so, so sweet. And then, of course, the Capitals got fortunate. Yes, lucky. Luck is not a bad thing. A little bit of puck luck. The second goal coming when a, a puck just fell out of Girardi's shirt like a crumb or a french fry that falls under the table and your dog pounces on it. Burakovsky was right there to drop, jump on that drop french fry of a puck and then buried it far side. Then the third goal, Burakovsky peeling back at center ice, hoping Carlson saw that the sloppy change going on with Tampa was what he saw too. The bolts were caught, a dasher board bounce pass, and next thing you know, five-hole Burakovsky. Woo-woo! Well, no siren, but red light, and there is a silence, a pall that has come over Amelie Arena. Burakovsky, by the way, missed most of the playoffs with an injury. I was told it was a broken wrist. Came back, got benched because he was ineffective, hired a sports psychologist to help deal with it and then scores two of the biggest goals in franchise history. That all happened! Awesome! (laughs) And it's never going to unhappen. God, is that beautiful. When every other year this team lacked resolve, this year they had grit. When every other year this team got unlucky, this year they got the breaks. As Nicholas Backstrom Backstrom said after the game, we've had better teams. But we played better this year by far, and I can't explain it. Then there was the awesome moment of the night, which was, of course, Tom Wilson and Braden Coburn getting into it after Coburn ripped the jersey off Kuznetsov and threw it dismissively to the ice. Wilson took great umbrage at that. They go to the sin bin for two minutes apiece, offsetting minors, and next thing you know, they're out of the sin bin, and we are fighting. I love it. Wilson with it right. His helmet is off. They're throwing right. Wilson and trying to come back is Coburn. Wilson throwing a right and then Coburn. The helmets are off. <laughs> so good. So exciting. Granted, it was a terrible exchange. Wilson was way more valuable to us as a first-line physical winger uh, and to you know to sacrifice him for seven minutes, even against anybody, is probably a bad deal. But to do it against a third-pair defenseman like Coburn, uh, not the best intelligent hockey play. But guess what? Who cares? Who cares about intelligent? That was a statement moment. That was an attitude moment, and that was awesome. (laughs) Reminded me of this, by the way. He's playing great, which is crazy because he got in a full fist fight in the first minute of the game. Uh, But hey, (laughs) as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. Are you not entertained? How, How can you not watch that product last night? And even if you're just a casual fan and say, my God, this, this, this is good stuff, this NHL hockey. Are you not entertained? Yes. Are you not entertained? So many close calls for Tampa in this game, and I'm sure they're going to be heartbroken about it. And frankly, I don't care because it's about time they got their hearts broken. Uh, Yanni Gord had a shot where the doorstep rebound was like the morning paper in the crease. 
and Sorelli comes swooping in. A stick got caught in just the wrong position, couldn't get a blade on it. That was a goal waiting to happen. Hedman had a blast that went off Eller's toe and then, bing, rang the pipe. Hedman also had a crazy, nifty tuck around that Gord couldn't connect with because, ooh, shocker, Juice and Orpic were doing their job and back-checking, and they were present, and they were committed in the crease to say, you know what, if this puck squirts in here, you're not getting a stick on it. Alex Kalorn had a breakaway down 2 nothing late in the second. It would have really lifted the building, would have energized everything, would have changed the game, but had a quick fire because he could feel Orloff closing hard, busting his ass to contest that breakaway. That prevented Kalorn from being able to deke and take an extra second to go backhand because he had pretty much Holpe dead to rights. He had to quick shoot it. Even still, the quick shot, I believe, as I slowed it down, I didn't see a good slow-mo, I believe that Kalorn's shot hit the shaft, the shaft of Holtby's stick to stay out of the net. Again, a little bit of luck, nothing wrong with it. And for Ovi, this is so sweet because, you know, he came here uh, as the number one overall pick 15 years ago, 12 years ago, however many years ago. And he started score, He started scoring goals. And he has not stopped scoring goals. He is at 600-plus, and he is going straight to the Hall of Fame. He is tied for first all-time with seven seasons in which he won the goal-scoring title. And when anyone criticizes Ovi, and there has been legitimate things to you know hit him with over the years, I always say, but yeah, if you like goals, though, you'll really like this guy. Because, you know, goals are still the point of hockey. There's more to it, I know, but... He's a goal scorer, a prolific one. So, yeah. Ovi also immediately started learning English once he came here. He insisted that he would be roomed with a English-speaking capital, which I loved right away. And his English is quite good right now. He went to Redskin games just to be part of the D.C. atmosphere, in which uh, one game he went to, uh, he was wearing a Clinton Portis jersey and a old school novelty leather helmet that was burgundy and gold. And there's photos of him doing this. It's it's hilarious. He never once tried to fire a coach, even when he had to endure the Dale Hunter style of block a million shots and let's go ahead and win 2-1 at best. He shrugged at guys like Mike Milbury who would take shots at him that were overboard, I think, to say the least. Here's one of the rants. From Milbury. Pre game as well in it. I asked you about Alexander Ovechkin. If you still considered him a superstar, he gave a somewhat unconvincing yes, maybe a begrudging yes. yes. And, so, and so, therefore, I bird dogged this guy during the course of this game. You know, when you have great talent, it comes with great expectations and accountability. If you put him up to those two standards tonight, he fails the test miserably. This is an awful display of hockey by Alex Ovechkin. He should be ashamed of himself. A blind pass. Eight-year-olds don't do this in the offensive zone. No fight in this guy along the wall here. I know they played four, three and four nights, but that's no excuse. And when you're a big star like this, you don't have to act like a baby. This is ridiculous embellishment. He should be embarrassed by this, and so should his team. 
teammates. That is silly. That you get up and act like a man, for God's sake. And this one, move your butt along the wall. You're just standing there. I've seen this for three years. You'd think somebody would figure this out and tell him that he's got to move. And look at the effort on the back check there. Are you kidding me? This is a guy that makes a ton of money. He owes it to his owner. He owes it to his coach. And watch him change. Line change on the goal. That is inexcusable behavior. Inacceptable for, for a guy, for a coach, especially a rookie coach like Adam Oates. That guy ought to be held accountable. And today. They, pr they pull Braden Holtby. And Ovechkin's going to play the whole third period. Yeah, and How's after he got hit in the head, how many minutes did he play on that power play? He played all, all two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah. All two minutes. Disgusting. Any chance that this team makes the playoffs if he continues no, to play like this? No, not when he like plays that. that. He Backstrom's he, already playing that He's not going to play like that every night. But God Almighty, that's just so disheartening to see a player with that kind of talent fall that short in terms of effort. All right. Mm. Take a deep breath. Everybody, calm down. Mike's getting upset. We're going to break. That was Mike Milbury, I believe that was 2013. And look, a lot of this, I, I watched the highlight reel of, of those plays, and there were some really shit plays, and there was definitely Ovi coasting around on two skates, not giving effort. We, we all know this. And I'm not saying the criticism is not warranted, but that is just over the top. It's been sweet to have to see Milbury, who you know still does not like Ovi, just swallow a fistful of tacks and have to give out praise to Ovechkin who was huge. And by the way, I love Dad Vetchkin more than any other version. Ovi with his salt hair on the temples is so great. Dad Vetchkin is what I call him. Also, along the way, Ovi had to endure a million articles written about him being a dirty player or tons and tons of yak about how he's not in Sidney Crosby's class. He has had the Northeast media and Canadian media at times saying he is unworthy of being in Washington because we are rubes that don't appreciate or understand hockey. And uh, he has perse persevered all the way through it. It's just beautiful. So here we go. To Vegas we go. The Golden Knights are your favorites at, I think, minus 160 or so. Uh, Gil Alexander will uh, talk to us. I'm going to get him on the phone, talk about the... Uh, exposure the Vegas books have if Vegas wins the S Stanley Cup. A lot of futures bet were futures bets were laid on uh, Vegas to win it all, so they're trying to offset some of that by also making them the series favorite. You know, I think it's more of a pick 'em series, a one minus one ten plus one ten. Uh, Golden Knights did beat the Caps twice this year, two and zero, and they're twelve and two in the playoffs. They're killing guys, but I can't. I think we got a great chance to win this thing. I just don't. I think there's a there's a very good chance, a 50-50 chance, that Gold, Vegas's chariot turns into a pumpkin right here. Like, literally, I don't want to say it. Can I say it? I think the Caps could sweep them. <gasps> what? What the hell did you just say? I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I feel like we got that mojo. We got that stink. And yes, Ovi grabbed the Prince of Wales trophy. Uh, this thing, uh, the Prince of Wales, the whole thing about don't touch that trophy. That's not the one you want. That was debunked. Uh, someone said it was debunked when the Penguins didn't touch it back in 07 and lost, then did touch it in 08 and won, and so that one's pretty much done. I think it has about the accuracy of Punxsutawney Phil and Gobbler's Knob and Stupid Groundhog Day. Grab it, don't grab it. Ovi grabbed it, skated around with it, and he's like, this is great. Dragged it onto the plane. Picked it up, dragged it on the plane. 
One more thing about last night. Doc Emmerich calling handshake lines is some of the most pure improv poetry in sports broadcasting. It is just... It is subtle. It is reverent. It is awestruck. And he has seen a thousand of those. And it was also great to see the close-in of Ovi getting his due from every other player. Not just the handshake, but the chest... Pat, pat, pat. Hell, even Wilson and Coburn had a genuine exchange like, hey, that's just hockey. No one's any worse for the wear. God, do I love that ceremony in hockey. Am I going to Vegas? Not likely. Am I going to any games at home here? Not likely. But we shall see. I would like to go to a game in Vegas. I'd like to go to a game here. At least one. But um, we'll see. That's all I can say about that. All right, Drew McGarry, he writes for Deadspin, GQ. He's written books. He has appeared on my show in D.C. You may not agree with all of his politics, but you know what? He's always a good guy to talk to. He talked to me about the NFL and the anthem issue this week. Yo. Don't be haggling with me over time of this unpaid <laughs> podcast appearance, you asshole. 15, 20, 30, whatever. We'll talk fast, Drew. How about that? Come see, come saw. Ah, yes. Come see, come saw. How are you? Drew McGarry, everybody, uh, from GQ, Deadspin, and author of how many books now, Drew? Uh, Four, and I'm trying to write a fifth. So, uh, but but we, you know, you never know if that's going to happen because, like, I get freaked out. Like, we made fun of George R.R. Martin because he can't finish Game of Thrones. But if he can't finish it, what (laughs) hope do I have? (laughs) Exactly. Are you a Game of Thrones guy? No, you know, I'm not like I don't. I'm too cheap for HBO. So I don't have HBO. And then I tried to start the books and I like fantasy. Like I played Dungeons and Dragons as a fucking kid. Right. Like right. I should be amenable to fantasy. And I'm, I'm like 50 pages into Game of Thrones and I'm like, we just making this all up. <laughs> You're too cheap for HBO. I'm too cheap for HBO. That's 100 percent true. Interesting. All right, What do you pay for that you consider an extravagance? Do you go to Starbucks? Uh, no, once in a while I buy a Diet Coke when I go grocery shopping. That's I, not uh, that's not an extravagance. What is your extravagance, Drew? Probably, maybe the smoker? Well, alcohol. I mean... Okay, yeah. high-end booze. I mean, no, what? no, not high-end, but, like, <laughs> I'm I'm quantity over quality. So, what like, you... when I when I go to the lick, when I go to the county liquor store and the overhaul is 12 bucks, like, I stock up because I don't know if it'll be 12 bucks again. So. What What is 12 bucks? Uh, old Overholt, the rye whiskey. Old Overholt. Yes, I am an eighty-year-old man who sits there and drinks Old Overholt. Never heard of games. that. Interesting. It's, oh, it's the best, Zabin. It's if, the best bargain swill you'll ever buy. If I were to, as a as a courtesy and a thank you for appearing on the Zabecast, buy you a bottle of bourbon, would you accept Ooh. it as a gift? Hell would, yeah, you would. Okay, so you're a bourbon drinker, whiskey drinker. You're into the dark, hard stuff. Yes, the sweet, <clears throat> sweet brown liquor. Oh, yes. As as Ron Burgundy once said, scotchy, scotchy, scotch. Tastes so good yeah. in my belly. Yeah, I, I love the I love the brown, the bourbon and the uh, the rye. I All love right. both of those. All right. I will, uh, I will work on that for you. So I had to talk to you because uh, it seems like the NFL owners, who you have written about and so eloquently with such uh, devastating critiques, 
can't still get their arms around this anthem issue. I give you the floor, Drew. What is the way out of this devil's maze that the well, anthem has become for the owners? Well, I'm going to tell you that there's breaking news. Um, according to Mark Maskey, they just decided that um, that players can elect to stay in the locker room, um, but if they come out onto the field during the anthem, they have to stand. Interesting. That, that is apparently a policy. Now, I don't know because they because the other thing, uh, but boy, Albert Breer tweeted uh, yesterday. I saw that. that. Yeah. Does there would be a penalty if you knelt? <laughs> that that was so hilariously dumb. That if someone really suggested that, they should have been kicked out of the owner's meeting. Like, shut up. What is that? That's an idiotic idea. I would die I would die laughing if if they were like if if first of all, if, if you got Gene Steratory per kneeler. How, how if, great how great would it be if Gene Steratory drew ran out and then threw a flag right across someone kneeling and then <laughs> stopped the anthem mid anthem and announces the penalty. <laughs> Like tag, like tags the anthem singer in the face with a flag yeah. by accident. Yeah. Blinds her like Orlando Brown. <laughs> or, or right, that would be another good one. You blind a guy while kneeling for the anthem. How about this? What, like when the guy jumps off sides and every flag, every referee throws his flag. There's just a flurry of yellow. Imagine a flurry of yellow as soon as, oh, see, ah, flag, 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 flag. Yeah, and someone someone pointed out like if 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 both teams kneel, is there are they offsetting penalties? Like what what do you? It's it right. was just so so stupid. And so then I on, assume. And then on top of that, if you're going to eliminate the kickoff, where are you going to apply the penalty? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a whole other sticky wicket because that that's going to come a couple years down the road because they already, but they already they already messed with the kickoff this year, right? And I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll have the desired effect that they want. Um, well, here's so the th- here's the thing. Go. We don't. We don't know, Drew. What is their desired effect? They have not said we are looking for a twelve percent reduction in concussions. That's our goal for this move. They didn't say we are looking for a ten percent reduction in broken bone injuries. Like they need to have some. Like most companies, when they implement a change or a policy or something. They have a goal in mind. Like, we want to increase sales of, what's that crappy liquor you buy? Uh, old Overholt. Yeah. We want to increase sales of Old Overholt uh, by 20%. So we're going to put it on sale in the liquor store next to Drew McGarry's house for the next three months. And then they track that and they go, okay, good. This is working. We're going to keep doing this. I don't think the NFL, Drew, has any benchmarks of what they want to see. Well, and they can't because quantifying head injuries is as difficult today as it probably was 10 years ago. And the NFL, you know, the NFL will put out literature saying we've reduced head injuries by exercise. It's bullshit. They don't they don't know because uh, diagnosing a concussion is so difficult because creating the severity of the concussion uh, and spotting a concussion is also so incredibly difficult. So it's all you know, it's it's all gobbledygook and horseshit. What they're looking for is does the play look safer on television? Right, you know? and can we avoid maybe one spectacular injury that we don't yeah. want to be leading the Today Show the next morning? I mean, yeah, if you're if you're going to make kickoff safer, it's not really, it's honestly, it's not really that much of a head injury issue. It's it's about knees and elbows and shoulders and stuff like that because guys do get injured on kickoffs more often than the other play. Like they're like when guys end up on uh, you know on the on the injury list and stuff like that. It, it is it is a result of the kickoff. So I understand that but if they're going if they're going to you know apply it to their you know 
hoity-toity, you know, brain damage initiative. It's it's that's gonna, all going to be fun. Right. So when 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 is the kickoff safe though? When do they declare it safe? With the like they this round of tweaks, I saw the animation that shows how it's going to look. And the first thought I had, Drew, I don't know if you saw the video. My first thought was, oh fuck, there's six more ways to get a penalty on the kickoff. Now you're lined up not in the right <laughs> slot. There's a double block here. You were running at the start, and that you know, I'm like, great, this is going to be fun. Yeah, and they and now they have the head lowering rule, and it was amazing. There was a there was a there was a statement from Troy Vincent uh, exactly yesterday. I want to bring like, this up. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you you go ahead and bring it up because I I mean it was, I it was tell, absurd. Okay, this was this is great. Troy Vincent says we reviewed forty thousand plays and determined that only three of them would have met the new criteria for a head-first ejection under the new rules. Is that the one you saw? That's the one. Okay. To which I replied on Twitter, sounds like you have a solution looking for a problem. Right. Why is the rule there if that's if that's the case? Which it's totally not the case. Yeah, you know? and then they, I watched the video the league put out of this hit will be an ejection. This hit will be an ejection. And there's a three-tiered thing such as, did the tackler have other options? Was the tackler aware? And did he have space and time? More bullshit gobbledygook that we'll be arguing about as we sit through a three-minute replay this fall. Could, could the tackler have taken him to dinner and tried to work it out? <laughs> yes, exactly. It, 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 it's, I'm not looking forward to it. I, I really, yeah. you know, the, I think the penalties are, are just what are, I think, more than anything, because they can ascribe it to cord cutting, which I understand, and they can ascribe it to the anthem, which I think is horseshit. It's the penalties. It's just, it's just brutal to watch at times. And you know, like I said, when I watched the Super Bowl and they just let them play and they just let shit go, was the best game of the season yeah. by far. But it, it wasn't even close. I, I think the core cancer that's rotting away the product from the inside is replay. And you know, yeah. I've been hammering this, and I believe uh, your Albert Bernanko wrote a wonderful explanation. Did he not? As no, to... I I agree. I agree. Um, I, Bernanko's I with Bernanko's with Deadspin, right? Yeah, I I have I have come. But you've around. come I, around, okay? I was a replay advocate for so long, and I always thought replay was was the way to go. And the way it's been applied is so clumsy and stupid, and just pointless that it. I would prefer that there's no replay at all yes. in any sport. There's just no point. Yes. I don't. I don't. Al- I don't see the value. Of it. Albert wrote on May first uh, under the adequate man banner of the suite of sites. What what is what is adequate man? By the way, uh, we did. We did some vertical where it was about self improvement, but it wasn't like too much self improvement. It was just you're going to be just right. But that's where the so why the so why goes. why is Bernanko's piece of get rid of video, video review under adequate man? Because it was because it was a because I'm on sabbatical from Desmond this month, and he hosted the fun bag. Oh, got it. Go, I see it right and it there. goes into that slot regardless of if, whether or not it's sporty. I know it's very convoluted, and my. My parents also don't understand it, but you, yeah. you'll just have to ride with it. What, what Albert wrote was the actual sport's feet, i.e. the football, is no longer allowed to be the substance of the game. The substance now happens in the review bo- booth, and the playing surface on which the outcome of the game is decided is made up of soft tissues of the review official's eyeballs. <laughs> That's some great writing right there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You you end up, you know, I don't want to watch a great feat of athleticism and have that horrible feeling in my gut that I can't enjoy it right away, you know, that I have to sit there and wait. Um, 
and everything sure is a weight no now. Flags. Everything is a weight. Every verdict on every great athletic play gets appealed now, and that has just gutted a, a lot of the joy of the game. But we'll still yeah. watch. We'll still and, watch. And the other thing is that I don't, I don't, I don't think it's corrected mistakes the way that they have anticipated. Because I, you know, I think the idea was to get obvious calls right. Um, yes. And to do it expeditiously, but you know, it has it has been applied now to the most piddly shit ass stuff, and it it you know stuff where you really I, I mean, you know, chances are when the refs suck, it's gonna be a bit of a wash. You right. know, it'll the the odds are that it will favor the home team a little bit because that's just the way it is, but that's kind of it, and that's just sort of you just sort of take that as the cost of doing business, and I'm. I'm fine with that. All right, let me get I, back. Let me get back to the anthem real quick before it sure. gets lost. So, if this is a, indeed the new policy, as was tweeted out on Tuesday, Wednesday morning, that uh, yeah. players will be told if you want to come out for the anthem, you can, but you must stand. Otherwise, you should stay in the locker room. If that's the new policy, what will happen, Drew? I don't think anything. I think I I I think that probably goes about as far to solve the problem as they're going to get because they don't want it visible to their fans because they don't want, you know, Bobby the Bills fan getting his panties in a bunch up in the top row or whatever because someone didn't respect Merca enough. So I think they want the visual gone. But do you think that ends it, though? Like, don't you think that there will be a player that says, hey, they're taking away my stage to affect social change and I am going to come out, and I am going to kneel, and then what are they going to do about it? Well, they'd probably fine them, and I think I don't, I don't think there's a player who will want to get fined 16 games in a row. Um, and I, probably I, not. Okay. Probably not. I, I think they'll probably do it. I mean, my, my preference would be that they don't have players out for the National Anthem because they didn't have them out until the mid-2000s. Right. And it's, it's all it's – all, it's all bullshit. It's all just Super Bowlifying the introduction to every fucking regular season game. It doesn't need to be. Agreed. Um, Agreed. That would, that would be my solution. Wait. I would go back to, I would say, I would put out a statement as a league saying the National Anthem is a ceremony for our fans as part of the overall game experience. It'll take place 10 minutes prior to kickoff. And and that's that. And say this is the way we used to do it. And you're going to yeah. get some people that say surrender, retreat, and of course Trump's going to tweet about it and whatever. But guess what? Take the L, as the kids say, and move on. Take yeah, the PRL and move on. It'll be over because everything fades nowadays. Nothing lasts forever. This is the only issue that's lasted for two fucking years. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it would it would go away to me in a, in a heartbeat. I mean, people would piss and moan about it, but still playing the anthem. You know, I I just I get tired of the field size flags and, you know, just have an elementary school girl come out and sing it and wave a little flag on a stick. And then, you, you know, know, everyone lets out a fart and then you get on. An alternative could be uh, as soon as the first half ends, someone comes out and sings God Bless America, which is not the anthem. Oh, I hate that song. I fucking hate that yeah. song. <laughs> All right. Uh, do I have it's another? The Yankees. The Yankees basically ruined that song. Did they really? Yeah, because they play it on the seventh inning stretch, and they'll like they'll throw you in like jail if you if you like cough during it. Okay, how about Lee Greenwood's "God Bless the USA"? Eh, eh. <laughs> I'm Go saying America the Beautiful. That's if you want the okay, old, America the Beautiful. So you have somebody come sing "America the Beautiful" as soon as the first half ends. 
because the players are all running in to get their bodies duct taped together and some Gatorade down their throat, so they can't be out there. And it's the new thing is the halftime God Bless America. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Then you're not hiding it per se, but you're placing it inconveniently out of the reach of players who might want to show a display of protest. That's fine. And so long as they keep the NFL halftime like the way it is because it's perfect and I don't want them going the college route and having a halftime that's 90 minutes long. Yeah. Is it football season yet, Drew? No. I. Uh, <laughs> no. When does football start, Drew? I'm so starved for football. <laughs> I, I, I only – I really now, well, it starts for me really in July because I really have to start putting why your team sucks together then because it's such a beast. It's and... a great series, though, for God's sakes. Don't ever stop doing it, by the way. I know I'm Please. stuck. I have to do it now, so I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to update it every year, right? I know. Because there's I always something new. <laughs> yeah, and some teams don't do anything. And then it's like, well, what do I do with the Steelers? They're the same asshole team they were just ah, 18 years they are but you've got the big ben mason rudolph thing which i'm sure will be front and center on the why your team sucks for the yeah Steelers. and he sucks he's <laughs> i really i i genuinely wished he had retired i really wish he had retired i'm 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 beside myself he didn't just piss off and go away for good i talked to <laughs> yeah Steeler fan jay said to me yesterday he goes Man, I can't stand him. I'm like, I, I I wanted to trade him back when you know the whole thing in Georgia came up, and I said, right, and I said, yeah, that's nice sentiment. You're fucking crazy. It's a starting quarterback. You just got to roll with it. I said, you, you you he exhausts you now. You hate him now. He's such a drama queen. But you'll miss him when he's gone, because there's only a few of those guys that are certified starters in the NFL. No, I mean that's true, you know. But and I I I would have understood the Steelers fans who. You know, who were like, who didn't want him traded back when the Georgia stuff happened, you know, because it's whatever. I, yeah. I, I, I get, I get the homerism there, but you know, he's, he, he's old. He's an old <laughs> bag of shit now. Just get rid of him. <laughs> and you know, his teammates can't wait for him to go. Like the second he leaves, they're just going to, they're just going to be so much shit talked about him. I'm, <laughs> I could not be more excited. <laughs> Going to be the floodgates opening. All right, real quick, because I know you're pressed for time, and i got to get you that bottle of whiskey. Uh, LeBron versus MJ. I know you, of all people, love those kind of debates, don't you, Drew? I don't mind them. I, I'm I'm more open to that now than – like, I was pretty hard line about Jordan because I grew, I came up with Jordan – and yeah, you and I are just, the you and I are the Jordan generation. Yeah, no so one's ever gonna yeah, match him. There's a know? powerful nostalgia attached to him, in which we overlook wide swaths of negative information. Of, you know, yeah, or you ignore or you ignore the accomplishments of, of someone like LeBron, and you start applying sort of very unrealistic standards. It was the same thing to me. It was the same thing when Brady had, I believe he was three and two in Super Bowls before that Seattle one. Um, and so to me, it was like, well, it's not Montana yet. Montana was four and zero in Super Bowls. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, you know enough now as a sports fan to know that that you can't always, you know, just do the do the do the ring tally. Right. To gauge whether or not one one player is better than the other. And so I'm not as hard line about it. People want to say LeBron's the goat now. I really don't. Well, LeBron has LeBron has obliterated all these records like a tidal wave. 
And what I respect LeBron for tremendously is that he will have finished with like a 20-year solid block, no interruptions, virtually no injuries, which is beyond belief, of solid basketball. And basketball in which he lived deep into June almost every single year. Yeah, 100 games a year and still just a fucking tank. Yeah. Like, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's it's insane. Like, I... I my eyes do not appreciate it as I'm watching it, yeah. and I ought to more. He's just not to my taste, is all. His style and his generation is not to my taste as it is to Jordan. But Jordan is such a nostalgia play for me that that's the difference. So well, and the other thing is, I think you know, I think there might be a markedly different style of play from when he was winning titles with the Heat um, as to now. Um, yeah, uh, because he was he was deferential in the heat and deliberately so um, and in a good way. And it, it paid off for him. But he has, um, you know, you know, for out of sheer necessity, had to be a bit more assertive. And he's just obliterating people. Yeah. You know, he's getting 45 points a night and it's like nothing to him. And to, to see that is 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 really amazing. So I I'm, I'm open to debate and I don't you know, if people want to debate it that's fine because people get bored so <laughs> all right but true. don't bring me Co- don't put kobe in there just don't fucking don't, <laughs> don't put kobe in there that's for another time all right drew promote baby promote what you got oh nothing just go to oh i my cover story on uh sarah silverman came out in gq today so go read that and i don't know buy the hike shit like that <laughs> buy the hike yep the hike is your latest novel that was the one that came out in 2015. Yeah, I got to work on the other one. Okay. Uh, you buy the hike. Uh, send Drew good vibes on getting his mojo together for this next book. And read the Sarah Silverman piece in JQ, GQ. Right? All right. Yeah. All right, Drew. You're the best, buddy. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Abe. Bye. All right, we'll talk to you. Just to follow up on my conversation with Drew, I taped that Wednesday morning when you heard him say, oh, breaking news, looks like the NFL has a new policy. Well, by Wednesday afternoon, the policy was being torn and tattered and shredded, almost like old glory herself over Fort McHenry. Christopher Johnson of the Jets has already said, well, I'll pay any fines for my players. We're, we're, we're not going to worry about this. Malcolm Jenkins has said that they are taking away our constitutional rights. No, you, they don't. Okay, never mind. You don't understand constitutional rights, but that's fine. Chris Long bitched that it was all about money, to which many of us say, yeah. That's exactly the point. We're running a business here. It's a business. They're not in the business of social justice. They're in the business of football, or at least they should be. They want to have it both ways, the league does, but they don't. Uh, who was it for the Seahawks? Uh, not Nate Bur- I want to not that, but, but come on. Think, 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 think on the fly here. My gun has jammed on this one. Wide receiver Seattle Seahawks said yesterday, I don't think the league really cared about the issues anyway. They just wanted this to go away. <laughs> so all the sit-downs with the players, all the silent nodding and the agreement about, yes, we care about this issue, and here's $90 million over seven years to go address these things. <clears throat> Doug Baldwin it was, thank you. Just came to my head. All that money, all that effort, all that meeting with the players, and guys like Doug Baldwin, they didn't really care about this. <laughs> well, what good was doing that? They should have just crammed the policy down their throat from the minute Kaepernick started kneeling, if that was the way it was going to be. 
Uh, Jed York and the Niners abstained in the vote, so it really wasn't unanimous. The NFLPA whined they were not included in this policy. And yes, the Niners have now said they'll stop selling beer for two minutes during the anthem, out of respect. Okay. I've been told that some stadiums, they actually do suspend uh, concession sales for two minutes or a minute 52, whatever it takes to sing the anthem. I don't know. Of course, now staying in is the new kneeling. So, yeah, we have that. A tweet from one NFL reporter said that a number of players he had spoken to who had pretty much put the kneeling thing behind him now say that this is back in play (laughs) because of the new policy. And they pay Roger Goodell $43 million for leadership like this. Wow. Finally, we'll truly end with this. You're going to need longer tongs for your cookout this weekend. A new study has said that even standing close to a barbecue raises your cancer risk by letting harmful chemicals soak into your skin. It's not so much just the breathing smoke from the grill, but eating grilled foods and absorbing carcinogens through the skin that pose dangers are a new part of a study that says, yeah, don't stand too close to that grill. About 70% of Americans own grills that expose them to these particles. They've been linked to lung, skin, and bladder cancer. Bladder, I don't want bladder cancer. Chinese researchers advise that those planning to cook out this summer cover as much of their skin as possible and make a quick change out of smoke-soaked clothes once they're done grilling to minimize cancer risks. So wait a minute, even non-charcoal grilling, just simple propane grilling, uh, does that? Meats cooked at high temperatures, the process leads to the release of chemicals called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, or PAHs. These compounds have been found to cause genetic mutations that can lead to cancer. Well, I know some guys who have run giant grills and barbecues for like commercial barbecue joints, you know, the big ones that they tow behind behind a huge truck or a trailer. And they're standing over that thing, flipping chicken, flipping stuff, flipping burgers, flipping pork, flipping steaks all day long. And some of these guys, you know, they're 500 pounds. They're still alive. Can it really be that dangerous? How long do I need to get, how long do my tongs need to be for this new risk while I'm cooking out? That'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Do me a solid. Tell two friends that everything else is crap, and this Zabecast here is the bomb. Sports radio can be boring. This is not boring. It's fun. It's lighthearted, and it's quick. It's less than an hour. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe to all the major podcast outlets. Thank you for listening. Go Caps! We're going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and we will see you next time.